Hello, Mama. Excited to be here as always. <laughs> we are continuing our series on biblical parenting, and I'm excited to dive in. I was uh, didn't even get to share that much, but I hope it blessed you and that uh, God is speaking you to you through it. Uh, but today we're going to dive a lot more into the book Shepherding a Child's Heart. This is where I've just learned so much about what God calls us to in parenting and how to approach it from a biblical place, because culture says a lot of different things, and there's so many uh, different points out there that are so confusing and contradicting. And so I believe that if we want to stand firm and figure out what to do, we need to go to the word, go to God's word. And um, that's where we are going to be guided. And so I know my journey to figure out what the heck to do as a parent and how to raise my kids, it began in the word. And that's how God began to convict me that what I was hearing in culture uh, wasn't what he had to say. And there was a lot of tension there for me. And I'm going to share about that uh, more soon. But you know, for me, I had to go on this journey of kind of navigating, uh, kind of moving away from what felt good and what sounded nice, but to this different place that God was calling me to. And um, in my journey, I, I read this book, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And this one's like 30 years old. It's it's kind of old, but that almost gives me more confidence in, its, uh, in it because it's like stood the test of time. And I really believe it is based in God's word. I mean, there's scripture all throughout it. And so I, I love this approach because it's um, this beautiful depth that we get to go with our kids as well as holding firm to boundaries and consequences that God calls us to, to help our kids learn to be obedient. And we talked a lot about that word in the last episode. It gets a really bad rap in today's culture. So make sure you go back and listen to that and, and really to all the other uh, the episodes in this series on discipline. And we've talked a lot, a lot about what culture says about discipline and why I believe that the Bible uh, doesn't contradicts that and why Bible, Bible says something different. And so if you want to go back and listen, you can start in episode 85. Uh, we've also woven in a series on mom guilt. So you can kind of see that kind of every other episode or every two episodes, there's uh, some stuff about mom guilt, which is super helpful too, just different than this series. So I encourage you to go back and at least get in all the discipline ones and really just go through this journey with me uh, that God has taken really me on and I, I'm helping you go through it because I love what he did and I, it was so helpful to me. So I hope that God is going to lead you in the same way I know he's going to show up for you, whatever that looks like. So I'm excited. Uh, make sure you're in the Facebook group to ask all the questions and to be surrounded by community that is working through this same stuff. You can find it at bit.ly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Morning Mama Facebook group. I uh, would love to see you there, hear your story, and it would just make me so happy. I just get lit up every time I hear your stories and hear about how God is using this podcast and speaking to you um, and just getting to hear about your mom journey and what that looks like. It's just so beautiful. And then it helps me keep going when I feel discouraged and tired and, you know, don't want to do this. <laughs> so thanks for doing that. Um, okay, without further ado, let's hop in. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. 
All right, Mama, so excited to hop in with you today. Biblical parenting, exciting stuff. I hope you're as excited as I am. Maybe I'm just a nerd and that's okay. Uh, but today we're going to talk kind of about um, biblical parenting. And there's two kind of sides to this, if you really want to simplify it down. And one of those is conversations and one of those is consequences. And you know, with the consequences, we are going to talk about spanking coming up soon. And I'm excited to share with you my journey on that and what God has revealed to me and research I've done. And it's just been a whole long process and I have um, too much information for you. So I'm excited to go there. But first today, we're going to talk about the conversation piece. And we kind of started this in our last episode, uh, but I want to continue it with you today. And again, everything that I'm sharing today is really um, from the book Shepherding a Child's Heart. And for me, this has been a game changer in helping me understand what God says about parenting and how to really do it well. And it's been so powerful in my life. So I really recommend you go and read it. Um, And what what I've loved about it is just helping helped open my eyes to kind of piece apart my different beliefs and help me see what scripture says and, and how that's different from things I've seen or things I've heard. And again, we've talked a lot about that in our previous episodes, but you know, just even as clear as like the old way of parenting. So remember that pendulum swing that went to that kind of harsh side of parenting, like when, where people spanked and demanded compliance and and that's likely what a lot of us grew up with, but that is just as unbiblical as the current wave of parenting, where there's an overemphasis on feelings. Where I've talked a lot about that, um, and but both sides are lacking. Both sides are unbiblical. It's not just about demanding compliance and spanking. It's not just about uh, all about feelings and. And I've said this so many times, but our parenting should not look like what culture says. Culture does not base its truth on the Bible. Culture does not follow the Bible. So we cannot base something as big as parenting on something that culture says. So I've said it so many times, again, sound like a, what are those things? A horse that, what? I don't know. A broken record. That's what it is. I sound like a broken record. But you've got to do this journey yourself. You can't base your ideas of parenting on culture. And so you've got to go on this journey. And I hope this episode and all of the other episodes spark that journey and you figure out where you stand and you read some books and you have some good conversations with some leaders in your life. And you figure this out for yourself because it can't be what culture says. So you got to figure out what you believe the Bible says. And I'm going to be sharing with you what I believe it says, but you do have to do your own work here. So I love from this book, it's just given some examples of how parenting has shifted over time and some of the the views that culture has shared. And we you know we're familiar kind of with the modern parenting and we're kind of familiar with the demanding compliance parenting. Um, but even before that, or, or in the midst of it, I don't know what the exact timeline was, but there was also behavioral parenting, aka reward and punishment parenting. And that is also just as unbiblical and therefore ineffective because it's missing the core. So it's looking at all of these different 
types of parenting and what culture and different moments has said is right. It's so helpful to me because I was like, oh yeah, culture really is trying to figure this out. And I can see how all of these are missing the mark in all of these different ways. And the reason that you know, behavioral parenting with rewards and punishments is not biblical, biblical is because, um, and this is a quote from Shepherding a Child's Heart. It says, a change in behavior that does not stem from a change in the heart is not commendable. It is condemnable. And I just thought that was so powerful powerfully said, but this is like all, you know, even like it reminds me of the Pharisees and, you know, Jesus had a lot to say to the Pharisees that he did not like what they were doing. And that's because they were all about these rules, all about this outward appearance and following these rules and getting other people to follow the rules, but their hearts weren't there. Their hearts were not in alignment with God and Jesus hated that. And so we want to make sure as we parent, we're not doing that with our kids. We're not just, you know, giving these rewards and these punishments or or doing these different types of parenting without getting to the heart. And we started talking about that in our last episode, but that's what this is all about because that is what God cares about. Okay. So first, when we're talking about biblical parenting, I want to talk about what kind of standards we have for our kids. Because again, I'm going to keep referencing modern parenting, but modern parenting would tell us that we should have different standards for littler kids because their brains are developing. Now, well, I understand we need to approach things slightly differently. Like we need different language. We, we need to, you know, slow down. Like there are certain things that are dependent on their age. However, I believe that we need to help all of our kids hold them to God's standard regardless of their ages. And I love how the book said it. This is from page 120 in the book. It says, if we don't keep God's standards and teach our kids that the only way to fulfill them is through Jesus, then the alternative is to lower their standards and that they can keep those standards with their own resources. And so I love that because even starting at such a young age, we're helping our kids understand, no, you don't have the strength for this. Like your mind isn't fully there, but it's not about your mind. It's not about your own strength. It's about God's strength. It's about relying on him. It's about allowing the Holy Spirit. And obviously, again, depending on their age, you know, there's so much of that we can share. Um, but based on their age, we would be sharing this and helping them learn that they have to rely on God's power to fulfill his laws and to be obedient. And if we just lower the standards and we say, okay, well, this is your age. And so we don't have these same standards for you. Then we're just teaching them that they can just rely on their own resources. They they can meet the standards based on where they're at in their own human strength. And that's not ever what we want to do with our lives. We want to live our lives in a way that is not dependent on our own resources. We want to live up to God's standards. We are called to live to his standards. And and even as we do that, we're called to live these lives that, that are evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit, because there's no other explanation for how we could do these things except for by God's power. Another thing the book said is dependence on their own resources moves them away from the cross. And so if they're just learning to rely on their own internal resources, they're not learning to rely on a savior. They're learning that, oh yeah, I'm fine on my own. I can do life without God. I can get through all this stuff, right? 
But what we want to teach them is that in everything, we we have to be relying on our Savior. We can't do it alone. We're not supposed to do it alone. Part of the beauty of life is is doing this with God and, and knowing that we aren't enough. And that's one of my episodes as I talked about how, you know, if you struggle with feeling like you're enough, well, on one hand, you're not. <laughs> because <laughs> you you don't have God, like that you're not God, right? Like you are imperfect, you are human, you are flawed. However, you are more than enough at the same time because God is in you and God made you perfectly and his spirit lives inside of you. And so because of that, you are more than enough. And so we want to teach our kids that, that without God, we can't quite do it all. So we need to maintain these high standards. And there's even research that backs this up. This is from a website, um, a, a non-Christian resource that I uh, quoted in the attachment parenting episodes. And I don't I don't agree with absolutely everything on this um, the, the website, but there is so much that was so good. Uh, the website is parentingforbrain.com. And the, the article that I'm referencing is uh, titled Four Types of Parenting Styles and Their Effects on the Child. And it goes to the four different types of parenting styles. And you might have heard of these before, but there is authoritative, which is kind of the the goal. It's, um, and we'll talk more about that one in a minute, but kind of this mix of both um, having firm standards, but also being really loving and connected. There's authoritarian, which is kind of like uh, when we talk about the previous pendulum swing where it's demanding compliance and, you know, just not talking about feelings. That's authoritarian. Um, And then there's permissive parenting, which I believe... um, this is the side that generally modern parenting falls on. And it goes into, you know, what it looks like to be this um, this authoritative parent, not authoritarian, but authoritative. I know those words always mess me up. I don't know why they made them so similar, but <laughs> here, let me read you some of the aspects of this authoritarian guys, I'm going to mess it up every time, authoritative parenting. Okay. So this is the one that they have found has the healthiest research outcomes. So here is what it says. It says, um, warm and responsive, clear rules, high expectations, supportive, value independence. Um, And some of the associated uh, research outcomes are higher academic performance, more self-esteem, better social skills, less mental illness, lower delinquency. So, you know, we're not seeking those outcomes because we're going to talk about that in a minute, um, how we need to make sure our goals are aligned with God's word. But those obviously are not bad outcomes. Like we're not not wanting those. That just can't be our, our full goal. But isn't that interesting that they say that um, that clear, healthy parenting, the best kind of parenting has clear rules and high expectations, along with the warmth and the responsiveness and the support, which I'm all about all of those. But isn't that interesting? Because I really believe that our current uh, culture of parenting is kind of moving away from those high expectations. It's about lowering those expectations based on where your kid's at. And it goes on to say there's a, a cool little graph below. Uh, and on that, it says for over 25 years, authoritative parenting has been consistently linked to the most positive outcomes in many studies. And the, the cool little graph shows um, kind of how much how demanding you are versus how uh, un, undemanding you are. And then it's like a little grid a graph, guys. I should go back to math. What I think it's like a graph. Yeah, it's called a graph. 
<laughs> okay. Um, so how demanding you are versus undemanding and then warm and accepting versus cold and unaccept- unaccepting and the authoritative parenting, which they say is the goal. They say research tells us there are the best outcomes. Authoritative parenting on this graph, it shows that you as being both demanding and warm and accepting. You need both. Isn't that interesting? Because I feel like all we hear about nowadays in research is that you need to be less demanding and, and, and more in the moment, which we are in the moment, right? We're warm and accepting, but we are still demanding. That word has kind of a negative connotation, but what that means is there's clear rules and high expectations. So I felt I wanted to share that with you for all of you that are kind of bent on the research and you feel like you have to allow research to determine how you're going to parent. And I want to throw that out there for you. Like here's another viewpoint on the research. Now we're going to talk soon about how I really believe we cannot view the Bible through the lens of research. We need to view research through the lens of the Bible. We can't get those flipped around because the Bible is God's word and it is has been true yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can't allow a new research to help us rethink what scripture says because that doesn't work. Then we're going to be uh, guilty of what C.S. Lewis calls chronological snobbery, where we think we know better than previous generations, even though the Bible has been true for all of us for thousands and thousands of years. So we can't know something new now about it because of research. So I'm not saying throw out all research. I'm saying you have to look at research through the lens of scripture and you can't do it the other way around. But I just thought that was really interesting and I wanted to share that with you for for you skeptics out there. (laughs) High expectations are actually healthy. They lead to positive outcomes. And I believe this is what the Bible does call us to is these high expectations for our kids while being warm and accepting. So let me go back to the quote. I already kind of started it, but we're going to go a little bit farther. And this is from page five in Shepherding a Child's Heart. It says a change in behavior that does not stem from a change in the heart is not commendable. It is condemnable. And we're going to talk about the heart in a minute. It says this is not is this not the hypocrisy that hypocrisy that Jesus condemned in the Pharisees? And then it goes on to say, what you must do in correction and discipline, you must require proper behavior. God's law demands that. You cannot, however, be satisfied to leave the matter there. You must help your child ask the questions that will expose that attitude of the heart that has resulted in the wrong behavior. How did his heart stray to produce this behavior? In what characteristic ways has his inability or refusal to know, trust, and obey God resulted in actions and speech that are wrong? So I love how he describes it as we have to hold our kids to God's standard. And, you know, just the example that comes up in my mind is, you know, the Bible calls all of us to honor our father and mother. And so when our kids yell no at us or uh, do speak, you know, disrespectfully for us, that's going against God's law. And so if we don't acknowledge that and call that out and say, hey, that is that is not okay, even if you're a little kid, like that is not okay. We, we need to start that from the beginning, helping them understand what God's law says. And so that's an example that comes to mind of how we have lowered a lot of us or modern parenting, especially have lowered the standards of what we do with our kids and how we parent them. So we hold these high 
high standards, but here comes that other side, like from that research I, I showed you, that we need to be warm and accepting. So the other part of it is understanding their heart. What is going on in their heart? What is happening that is causing them to step into this wrong behavior? How did their heart stray? And um, just some examples in the Bible of how much God focuses on our heart, how important it is. Uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. So the heart determines behavior. It is the wellspring of life. That is where life comes from. That's where your decisions come from is from your heart. Mark 7.21 states, for from within out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Oh my goodness. All those bad things come from within the heart. So we've got to look at the heart. Luke 6 45 says the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And so if we are not addressing the heart of our children and getting to the core of what's happening in there, we're missing it all. We can't just address the behavior. We've got to get to the heart or we're turning them into little Pharisees right? We don't want that. I know you don't want that. So let's figure out what that looks like to get to the heart of our kids. Okay. So I I think practical is always better. It helps us understand. And uh, this book jumped right into a practical example of what this looks like. And I found this so helpful because this is, um, for all of us that are parents, this occurrence has happened, uh, at least in the past, if not all the time, every day, multiple times a day. And so I want to give you a context for what this looks like, how to address the heart and how to call your kids to these standards that God has for us. So I'm going to read you kind of a long excerpt from the book, but it just was so powerful. So bear with me. This is from page five and six in the book. It says, let's take a familiar example from any home where there are two or more children. The children are playing and a fight breaks out over a particular toy. The classic response is, who had it first? This response misses heart issues. Who had it first is an issue of justice. Justice operates in the favor of the child who was the quicker draw in getting the toy. If we look at this situation in terms of the heart, the issues change. Gosh, don't you love this already? It's just so clear because it's something you don't even think about as a parent, at least I didn't. Like, oh yeah, well, take turns or you had it first, so give it back. You know, I don't know. But there's so much depth that you can go to in this. So let's keep reading. It says, now you have two offenders. Both children are displaying a hardness of heart toward the other. Both are being selfish. Both children are saying, I don't care about you or your happiness. I am only concerned about myself. I want this toy. My happiness depends on possessing it and I will have it and be happy regardless of what it means to you. He goes on to say, in terms of issues of the heart, you have two sinning children. Two children are preferring themselves before the other. Two children are breaking God's law. Sure, the circumstances are different. One is taking the toy that the other has. The other is keeping the advantage. The circumstances are different, but the heart issue is the same. I want my happiness even at your expense. 
I just found this so practical and helpful. And, you know, modern parenting, even research would say that at certain ages, kids aren't even capable of being empathetic and thinking about how someone else is feeling. But I go back to this idea that we need to hold our kids to God's standard. And there's so much formation that happens in those first five years. So why would we not constantly reinforce God's laws and God's standards in them while teaching them that they, in their own strength, they can't do it. Okay. Your brains aren't fully there, but with God's strength, you can do it. And so we're reinforcing this and reinforcing this. And I mean, selfishness is something that all of us have to deal with, no matter our age. We can be more capable of looking and seeing what someone else is feeling and thinking. But, you know, my three-year-old is also capable of that. Even the research would say that he's not. But if I slow him down and help him think about what his sister feels like when he squishes her in a hug and he hugs her too tightly, which is maybe something that happens a lot around here, he can then think, oh, that doesn't feel good to her. She probably feels scared. She doesn't like that. Now, it's something I have to keep reinforcing because it's not something he's easily learning, but that doesn't mean I don't keep reinforcing it. That doesn't mean that I don't keep reminding him of that his job is to love her as a brother. And I and there is sin going on because we know that there is a heart of rebellion in every man. Everyone is born with sin nature and so our kids are not neutral. They are little sinners. And so we have to see them through that lens and acknowledge the sinful behavior that's going on. So this example just helps us see things more clearly. Like if we're just looking through a normal day of parenting and we can begin to see things through this lens and understand what is really happening in front of us, it creates so many teachable moments, so many opportunities for conversations about what is going on and consequences. Let's pause. What is going on in your heart right now? And I'm going to have some specific questions you can ask your kids to really get to the core issue. But what's beautiful about all of this is that it's not, even though we're having these high standards and we're seeing them as little sinners, we're seeing things accurately and clearly, it is not about anger. It's not about punitive uh, discipline. It is about the heart and that is the core of it. In fact, if we discipline in anger, we are going against God's word and we are sinning against our kids. And so none of this, even though we have these high standards, is about anger. And let me share with you an excerpt again from the book about just a reminder how we are born sinners. We are not neutral. Our kids are not neutral. And I thought it was said so well. This is from page 20. It says, to be sure, the young child may not be conscious of his religious commitment, but he is never neutral. Made in the image of God, he is designed with a worship orientation. Even as a young child, he is either worshiping and serving God or serving idols. David reminds us of this in Psalm 58, 3. It says, even from birth, the wicked go astray. From the womb, they are wayward and speak lies. The words of Psalm 51, 5 are even more familiar. It says, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. These verses are very instructive. Even a child in the womb and coming from the womb is wayward and sinful. 
We are often taught that man becomes a sinner when he sins. The Bible teaches that man sins because he's a sinner. Your children are never morally neutral, not even from the womb. And I know this can uh, be hard to really comprehend, but that is God's word right there. That's what it says. And it can be hard to swallow, though. I, I remember when my son was first born and I just would stare at him thinking he was so perfect and so flawless and just the most beautiful thing. And I couldn't imagine him ever, you know, sinning or or like I just thought he was better than all the other kids. I mean, I think every mom has those thoughts, right? And then they get older and you start seeing their sin nature come out in behavior and you're like, oh, and it's kind of slow at first, a slow build. And you're like, okay, well maybe, you know, they're just learning. Um, but then it just becomes more and more evident to the point you're like, okay, this is real. I can't ignore this anymore. And so we have to be reminded that even before we see that sin come out, they're born with a sin nature. And that in, in today's culture, that sounds kind of awful. Like that sounds really negative. How do you, you know, start from that place? But we know that this is what the Bible says. We know that we all are born with that. We've inherited that sin nature. And so we got to make sure that we can see our kids through that lens. Not that we're only focusing on their sin. We're, we're not just calling that out. It's not our only conversations. And it's, and we're not doing that without understanding what they're feeling, right? We have to, we're getting to the bottom of that as well, but we can't ignore this in nature. We can't just say, oh, it's just developmental. Oh, it's just the stage they're in. Oh, it's just, you know, them trying to learn. No, it's, it's sin. The Bible says it's sin. And remember, God's word is truth, not research. We, we view research through the lens of the Bible. So I hope this is starting to spark some new ways of looking at your kids and new ways of looking at their behavior and understanding what's going on before you. And I know some of this can be challenging. So again, I just encourage you to to talk to your leaders, to go to God, to be in prayer and really navigate this because it can feel challenging with everything that we've been shown and taught in culture. Um, But this is what God's word says. So next next episode of this series, uh, we are going to talk about how to do this communicating because a crucial part, the beautiful part of getting to biblically parent is to have these amazing in-depth conversations about our kid's heart and helping them understand their heart and helping guide and lead them to take control of those feelings, not let those feelings control them. And it's so incredible. And and we're also going to talk about biblical goals of raising our kids and how we can so easily get off. And there's just so many cool ways to relook at parenting from this book. And so I'm just so excited to keep sharing with you. I hope this is encouraging you and equipping you. And um, I hope you're being blessed by it. Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for, again, your word. God, you're so good to give us this foundation to stand firm on. God, I just pray for everyone listening. God, you would just show them what you're calling them to in parenting. God, you would show them what you want them to do, what steps you want them to take and give them the courage and the boldness to take those steps. God, I pray for amazing conversations with their leaders. I pray you would reveal scripture to them and you would speak to them, God, and just equip them and challenge them to step into parenting from this biblical place, God. And none of us are perfect. We're not ever going to be perfect, God. But thank you that you make a way for us to do things with your strength, God. And 
that you're going to help equip us and strengthen us to do this task your way, God, even as we're being doing it imperfectly, God. And thank you for your grace that covers us, Lord. Thank you for the grace that covers the past, God. I just rebuke all shame, any shame that has come up because of thinking, oh, I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have seen things differently, God. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus, God. I pray you would speak life and truth over each of these moms listening and just uh, remind them, God, that you chose them for this task, God and that uh, you are speaking to them now and that it's going to transform their family, Lord, but they do not have to have any kind of shame for anything that happened in the past, Lord. And we just thank you for that. And we trust you with this and we ask for more wisdom and more knowledge. And we thank you that you're going to give it to us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.